Welcome to Temple Archives. This week is not the High Republic. We're actually taking a break from that until a lot more Phase 2 comes out. So this week, instead, we are doing a fairly recent book. I think it's only, what, like five, six days old, Dan? Yeah, four or five, yeah. And it is Star Wars Brotherhood. As always, I am Noma, and today I am joined by my co-host, Dan. Hey, how's it going? Uh, not too bad. How about you? Doing well. Got a lot done today. Got my blinds put up, thank goodness. I've had them for like five, six months. I haven't put them up yet. Mm. So now they're isn't adulting. Isn't adulting fun? It was. <laughs> and then I rammed my elbow into the back of a concrete wall by accident when I was trying to turn on the sure. lawnmower. I was like Oof. recording the lawnmower at full power, trying to like rip it back, and I jammed my elbow right into the back of a concrete wall. That was uh, fun. I see and the concrete I... wall broke, right? Because you know. <laughs> it did. It did. It, it, I taught it its lesson. It does not see. exist anymore. Before the context, I assumed that you were going to say I smashed my elbow into a concrete wall so I could feel pain for once. Cut my <laughs> life into pieces. I hurt myself today to see if I still feel. And musical interludes aside, as always, I'm joined by my second co-host, Ed. Hello, hello. How's it going? Good. Good. Boring, slow work day, so I'm glad to be home. yeah. Hey, at least it is, well, end of the weekend, so. But, yeah, uh, no, there's nothing fun about it. It's <laughs> glad to be home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At least you're home now. Uh, so, like I said at the top, this week we are doing Temple Archives Books, Brotherhood. And, Ed, before we get into this book, do you mind telling the listeners what this podcast is about if they haven't heard us before? Absolutely. So, on Temple Archives, we go over Star Wars canon. That can be anything from books like we're doing now, Comics, TV shows, audio dramas, whatever the canon encompasses. And we summarize the story for you. We tell you how it relates to both Legends and canon material. We have a bit of a discussion on it. And we always tell you where it is in the timeline. So for Brotherhood, we are looking at the time just after Attack of the Clones. So it's very recently after that, maybe like six months or so. Um, it's great because this is this is unexplored stuff in canon really because we go right from attack of the clones into the clone wars um tv series really and then from there on to episode three and then everything else so this was really nice to see and mm. if you've read it you have a lot to talk about and we talk about things that you didn't really you didn't hear your piece in it or you feel like there was something that we missed feel free to contact us there's a bunch of ways to do so we've got tons of ways and dan's gonna let you know how you can do that yeah, you can find us over at voiceoftheforce.com where you can find our episode show notes as well as the episodes on there from SoundCloud are embedded into those posts. You can also find our shop on there, support us through buying t-shirts or you can buy like hats or masks or whatever you want to do with the logo. You can put it on pretty much everything. You can also find us at our email address, voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. Again, that's voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. You can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at VoiceForcePod. Again, that is at VoiceForcePod. If you retweet or repost our new episode tweets or posts or add them to your stories to share with people that you follow and follow you, it does help with growing our listener base and is very much appreciated. Remember to listen, rate, review, follow, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all major podcast platforms. Reviewing us with five stars and a comment helps with visibility, which means people can find us a lot easier on those podcast platforms. And if you follow or subscribe for free, you'll get the latest episode downloaded to your device 
as soon as it releases. Back to you, Noma. Thank you, Dan. And since this is a book, or more specifically an audiobook that we listen to, we've also got a sponsor for this episode's podcast, which is Audible. And with that, let's jump into something we haven't done in quite a few weeks. Uh, Obi-Wan, do you, uh, do you know a faster way to get to the archives and then back to the spaceport? I have a mission to go on, and I'm supposed to be looking up on it, but I don't have time. Why, Anakin... Have you not heard of Audible? Jocasta New was telling me about it the other day. Is that like some kind of new device that we have in the archives? I haven't been there in like three years. You're not supposed to know that, but I'm telling you now because I just looked up pod races every time I said I was going to the archives. Anakin, stop breaking the fourth wall and listen. Audible is a type of app that has been developed that has a large variety of podcasts guided wellness programs, theatrical performances, A-list comedies, and exclusive Audible originals that you won't find anywhere else. See, you're talking about guided wellness problems, like I have some kind of issue that you want me to do, but I talked to Master Yoda and he said I was fine, so what do I do? Well, Anakin, in that case, you could utilize Audible's expansive collection spanning thousands of titles for any genre, instead of just looking for an exact thing. In fact, I was told that if you listened to every title on Audible, you'd be listening for more time than it's been between now and the High Republic. Um, see, that sounds like a lot of time, and I don't have that kind of time. So do they have, like, short stuff on there? Because I, I, I need to be on this mission. I need to get back to Padme. I, 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 I um, um. You, you need to get back to who? The, the 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 R2 and he's with uh, Senator Amidala and I have to do some um, upgrades on him because his uh, leg thrusters need some work. Well, anyways, while Anakin attempts to pull his foot out of his mouth, I will tell everyone else that if they're interested in Audible, they can go to audibletrial.com slash voiceforcepod. Once again, that is audibletrial.com slash voiceforcepod for a free credit, which will buy them any Audible book of their choice. And if you're a Prime member, then you'll actually get two credits instead, so double the prize. And with that being said, I apologize for such an atrocious Obi-Wan accent. Oh, what's up over there? You should apologize for that, because that was terrible. (laughs) Sorry, oh, you're one. <laughs> oh, you're one. <laughs> we broke the fourth wall, boys. Abort! Hey, what's Abort! The... Hey, what's that over there? It looks like the review. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back from whatever that was. Anyways, now that that's over, uh, let's get into how we usually do these reviews. And as always, that's going to start us off with the... Damn it, I'm doing the accent now. Anyways. Are you? you won't I didn't even I'm inflecting it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm an actor. You have optimism in your voice now, but that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> an actor. Oh, you, sub- you subscribe to the course by Carl Weathers. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he threw in a free soup lesson, okay? <laughs> you can't not get the soup, the, the soup on top of acting lessons. Good soup. At least I'm not a never nude. Sorry, I'm getting off topic. A never nude, okay. <laughs> uh, rest of development. But yeah, anyways, the title review, or the cover review, as it were. Uh, so like we said at the top, this is Star Wars Brotherhood. And the title, why do I keep saying title? The cover of this is, it's really good 
it has a problem that I've been talking about with High Republic, but I think it really sets a good tone for this book, where we get Obi-Wan at the front, Anakin behind him, both lightsabers activated, and kind of in a silhouette in the background, we kind of see a little bit of where they're going to be going this this book, which is Catonomoidia. And we've got a very sandy, beigey kind of front, which is kind of harkening back memories of the past. That's something that is very, very important for Anakin in this book. Uh, so, I mean, the problem that I've talked about before, I can't let it slide since I've been harp, harking, blah, 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 harping on High Republic so long for this, is, again, it's it's like beige grays that are really blending, especially with Obi-Wan's inner robes. They oh, just yeah. blend in with the Jedi robes so much. And then the other problem is the beige is very similar to their skin tone like it's not exact but it just it it's it's just all of these kind of beigey brown tones that mix together the lightsabers and the star wars are really the only things that really stand out yeah um i i do like the muted contrast between catonomoidia in the background and the dusty uh kind of sandy front but because it's so faded all the colors kind of blend together so it's a it's this book pops out at you a little bit, but I, I feel not enough. That that's my only real critique uh, yeah. about this cover. I can see that too. Like the lightsabers are the things that really catch your attention, and the the harsh angles on them, like they're almost on the same angle, but not. The thing that I really loved about it was the realism that you have with Obi Wan and Anakin. Like they look like photographs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like who, yeah. whoever Especially did or the, the the lady who did the cover art nailed it, and I didn't realize it was Kid and Aboidi on the front. Because I, I, this is the first time I'm seeing it as a big picture, but it's kind of cool. I like the the design. It, they they jump into that stereotype because like you brought this to my attention a while ago, where you're like, yeah, the Nemoidians are basically like Asian people. It's a huge stereotype, right? <laughs> and I'm like, holy yeah, yeah. shit! And you're explaining to me, I'm like, oh my god, sure. this is awful. And then okay. you can kind of see in the background there on the left hand side. Um, oh the yeah, buildings like, are having like look kind of yeah, the it, temple, it's very yeah. it's very South Asian architecture. Like pagoda kind look. Of, yeah, round it's it's the rounded um what's the word I'm looking for? It's the rounded pyramid tops. Yeah, and, and like the different tiered the, tops too, right? Within the first ten minutes of Phantom Menace, how could you not know this thing? <laughs> I was a kid and I just it just went went way over my head. And then is no this one... a deer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, that's a cool, that's a, is, is that's a cool that's alien accent. Evil? Like, that's different than most things. I'm like, that's, I'm, I'm into that. Yeah. They can do that. Shoot her. Shoot yeah. her or something. To be fair, it was a regal. Yeah. <laughs> that must be a regal. Oh, no, don't say it like that. <laughs> no, no, that, you're, you're stepping over a Too many hard R's on that one. Yeah. But, uh, oh, God, don't say hard R's either. Now. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it, it's, 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 it's a theme. And it's, uh, you know, well, I mean, we got Watto from episode one, too, so it's we not do. the only stereotyped race. Jar Jar. And, God. Yeah, Jar Jar. And I've talked at length about the character in episode two who's just named after a Chinese food, Shumai. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> there are things, and there are going to, because we're talking about the Nemoidians, be some things we'll talk about in this episode. But hey, we've got one Asian on the podcast, so we're covered, kind of, we're protected <laughs> enough to be able to talk about this. And Mike Chen is the one who wrote this. Uh, yeah. And honestly, before we get into this, uh, so I did kind of skip over this. The author for this book is Mike Chen, and the cover artist is Laura Rossero. As always, if I've mispronounced anybody's name, apologize for that, because it might be Rocaro. But yeah, one other thing right before we get into the review is that, man, oh man, Mike Chen, this book reads like a fan 
who has loved Star Wars for a long time and knows a lot of things about it. And he is just pouring his heart and soul. This is basically like a book equivalent of watching Jon Favreau would do Mandalorian. It's right? a love story to Star yeah, Wars get, fans from Star Wars fans. Yeah. And you get so many deep references where you're like, this guy knows. This guy knows Star Wars. And I'll talk about that later. And I'll mention it during the synopsis because there are there. It, it's literally like the iceberg meme of references that he uses in his books. And some of them were, are mind blowing. And one of them was such an old deep cut that I wish Brian was here because he's the only other person who would know this. But uh, yeah, you know, we can always talk to him about it some other time when he comes over. Definitely. Um, with one more thing, especially yeah, with what yeah. you wanted, to, what you just said there. It's interesting because before reading the book, a lot of the statements made about the cover make sense. After reading it, and you look at the cover again, you can almost take that beige as like a clean slate between mm -hmm. the two of them that needs to be filled in with the color of your mind that needs to be painted by your imagination as to where this is going to go. And then you can, you can almost fill in an all that blank space, like scenes from Clone Wars, scenes from Revenge of the Sith, all that, because we are starting fresh and we see the difficulties both have in adjusting to these, these roles. Yeah. So it, it was really interesting to come back and look at it and take a second peek at this cover and think, why did they go for that? Whether Oh, you really need to read the book to understand the cover even more so. Mm -hmm. At least at least from my interpretation of it. Oh yeah, Andrew. I mean that that is a great point, right? Yeah. And yeah, I mean honestly, I would say you're 100% right and I I definitely want to talk about that, but we need to fill in the viewers first. So, let's jump straight into our synopsis here. Before we do, as always, I'm going to give a little spoiler warning. Uh, we're going to give you a synopsis so that you know everything that we're talking about, all the events and stuff like that. Kind of leave it kind of vague, but then when we talk about it, we're going to spoil everything. We're going to assume you've read this book. If you would like to listen to it yourself, I'd recommend stopping here, going and listening to Brotherhood, reading, listening. You know, we have the Audible thing, but it's also in book form. And I definitely recommend if you like Anakin and Obi-Wan or Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan, either or, if you just like the Clone Wars, this is an, a must-read book. It's really good. But yeah, final spoiler warning. Without any further ado, let's get into the synopsis. Brotherhood starts us off right in the middle. It's in media res, like we're in the action. So it's on Katonomoidia right after this horrific bombings happened. And we get the POV of Rug Kornum, who is a female Nemoidian and part of the Royal Guard of the planet. And it's basically going through her and uh, her kind of, yeah, basically apprentice, her version of an apprentice of a Padawan, right? Uh, named Keter Nor as they're kind of sifting through the debris. And we kind of get the two different sides where, where Rug is basically like, we need to figure out who did this. And Keter's like, it's obviously the Republic. They're out to get us. And she's like, we'll figure that out later. Let's actually focus on saving people for now. And then from there, we switch back to Coruscant, where we're getting a completely kind of different tone shift. And it's Anakin going through his knighting ceremony with a bunch of the other Padawans. And kind of Obi-Wan watching him and kind of interacting with some of the other knights and masters who are there. And just kind of seeing this event. And it, it, it's a whole lot of just introspection and talking, uh, for the most part. It then kind of leads to Obi-Wan learning about this bombing and kind of trying to figure out what's happening. And the quandary that comes up is that Dooku 
basically is like, oh, it has to be the Republic. The Republic clearly did this. If And if they didn't, then Palpatine should be fine with coming to Nemoidia and doing an investigation himself while he's here, right? And everyone's like, well, that doesn't seem incredibly suspicious, like all of the Count's plans are. So they basically have to talk down Palpatine into something else. And they don't know what that might be, but Obi-Wan is basically like, we should probably just send like one or two Jedi. Uh, and they table it for now. And Palpatine eventually is like, yeah, okay, we'll figure out a different plan. So Obi-Wan then goes out and is just kind of trying to introspectively think about what's going on. And we get a really interesting scene, which is basically Obi-Wan just watching what's going on, every, everything in the temple that's happening. And he sees Anakin. And he's watching Anakin talking with, we get a, a call, one of the many, many call-outs here. He's talking with Jaro Tapal and uh, Cal Kestis. And, you Padawan you know, Cal Kestis, right? Yeah, he's, yeah. I guess he's uh, always a Padawan, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Young. Even young. We'll, we'll talk about that too, because there was one thing where I was like, hmm, interesting. But yeah, so we're getting a Fallen Order shout-out, which is really cool. And then he, it goes on from there, and he starts, he runs into Padme and starts talking with Padme. And Obi-Wan's like, hold on a second, what was that? Because he basically just sees this really weird emotional burst of Anakin. And he's like, I don't think anybody else would realize that that's not a normal sign. But I've taught him long enough to know that that's, there's something there. Something happened. Yeah, you can what feel in the that? force too a little bit. Yeah, Some, yeah. Like different... he, he basically, fe- yeah, he feels this thing where he's like, any anyone else would think that Anakin's just like a little burst of emotion in the force. But I can tell what that emotion is. And he's like, and I don't like it. There's something happening there. Uh, which is another nod to something else that I was, like, basically as soon as I realized what, um, Mike Chen was implying with this. I was like, holy shit, that is an awesome reference. But yeah, so they go through all of that. And then we get another nice little scene where it's switching from. And again, one thing I should say is every chapter, they do something that's very, I, I was, as it was pointed out to me, very Game of Thrones style, where every chapter is the character whose POV we're seeing the story from for that chapter. And it's interesting. It works pretty well. So yeah, from there, there there's a nice little interlude as well, where it's Anakin and uh, Padme, who, and they're actually going out on like a secret date. So we kind of get to see some of the things that they're always talking about uh, in Clone Wars when Anakin's like, you know, I hate that we always meet up in secret and stuff like that. And it's, it's really nice. Like it, it's a very sweet uh, date where they're, they're very much connecting, getting closer to each other, which is definitely a good thing uh, considering some of the stuff in Clone Wars that kind of weird me out uh, between them. But yeah, it's just this nice little date and kind of showing how much they actually do care for each other. And the romance is like a hundred times better than Clone Wars because it's not George Lucas. You mean you talk about the clones? <laughs> what did I say? Uh, Clone Wars. Not the TV show, oh, but the yeah, movie yeah, you sorry. mean, right? Well, yeah, it's it's much better than Attack of the Clones dialogue. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because, sorry, George, but you're... Yeah, we all know the memes by now. So we get that part, basically, and then it comes back to the actual mission and getting into the book, which is that they're just going to send Obi-Wan and then Dooku shows up to literally just, there's something that, there's something that just happens when Dooku shows up to do things that kind of annoys me, but because it always happens the same way, I'm not going to throw shade on this book for doing it, but he basically shows up and just makes the mission more difficult because it's just him saying these things over and over again. And then, and Yoda's like, maybe I should say, nah, it'd be better if I just never say anything when it's important. So they basically, whittle down the negotiation to it's just obi-wan going with no equipment in and like no starship basically to go and and look at this investigation and and try and see if he can figure out what actually happened and then right before he closes it of course dooku's like oh by the way i'm saying my own person as well so they do that they do the little departing on their separate missions this is the first time anakin and obi-wan are are not going on a mission together and we get a a little bit of of bantery stuff where obi-wan goes to to talk to anakin about his mission because he hasn't been told the specifics yet and finds him 
kind of illegally watching pod races. And then we get another little introspective scene where I can't wait to get the sponsor for VPN. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so Obi-Wan just mentions Padme. And Anakin immediately has that same like emotional burst, and everyone's like, "Oh no, what? It, like, the, okay, I wasn't seeing, th- I wasn't just imagining things." And so we get a little bit more of a back and forth where Obi Wan's trying to figure out what's going on, but he's also re- noticing differences in Anakin, where he's like, "Oh, normally he'd say this to me angrily or like out of spite, but now he's saying it to me like actually out of like friendship and camaraderie, like something's different now. Maybe he's actually growing up." And he basically then drops on Anakin, like, "Yeah, so I'm going off to." make sure everything on Katanomoidi is okay. You're going off to deliver supplies, but you're also teaching younglings. And Anakin's like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, blah. And then just, yeah, leaves Anakin with that. Um, at the same time, we also get the, she's kind of a, she's, she is a secondary character, but one of the other important characters for this book, who is Mil Alabeth, a uh, Zabrak youngling, who is an, Eat your heart out, Biriaga. You've already been replaced with a stronger empath because Mill's ability is basically em- like force empathy to a degree that it is actually mentally damaging her. Like she can't even be around violence or like uh, dark thoughts or things like that because she gets nauseous and it hurts her to that degree. So while everyone's, all the other younglings are, are having fun thinking about like killing battle droids and stuff like that. She's basically having a panic attack because of all the emotion that she's seeing. And then she accidentally sees the bombing of Katanomoidia on a hologram. Uh, and then it hits her even more. So she basically doesn't go with the rest of the Padawan or the younglings to Ilum to make their uh, lightsabers because she's freaking out, uh, which will be important later. So from there, it splits onto two different paths and I'll kind of start to streamline things because it's a lot of stuff that starts happening. So Anakin's entire plot line from this point onwards is basically talking with Padme a little bit more, getting a little bit closer, doing a bit of a bond, and then going to the mission kind of awkwardly interacting with a couple of the clone commanders that we'll see later in the future. Uh, none, not Rex or anyone like that, but uh, Sparks and Thorn, I believe. So as he's doing that, he's talking with the young, he's answering all their questions. It's rough for him in the beginning, but he slowly kind of figures out how to talk to them. And through that, he meets Mill and learns about her power. And Mill at this point has convinced herself that she doesn't even want to be a Jedi anymore. And Anakin connects with that because of, you know, his situation with Padme. And so him connecting with her over that really kind of uh, shows Mill that she's not alone. And maybe she's not wrong for thinking this. So they immediately kind of form this master-student relationship, even though Anakin does not think it's a master-student relationship. Because he still abhors the thought of having a Padawan. Because this is pre-Ahsoka. So they basically are doing a couple of things, helping out with the residents and Anakin learns more about Mill's power through uh, delivering these supplies to this plant, this kind of war-torn planet and eventually starts talking with Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan's learning a bunch of things and I'll kind of get back to that because Obi-Wan's part needs to take precedence now. Obi-Wan for his part ends up legitimizing the entire reason why Dexter Jetster was even in episode two, which was shocking because he goes to Dexter's diner to get info on Catonomoidia and kind of figure out what he wants to do. And we learn from there that Dexter used to be one of the best information brokers. And now he just runs a diner, but he still does information stuff. Uh, So that's why Obi-Wan went to him. Makes a lot of sense now. So he gets information on kind of how to act and do a bunch of stuff. And then Anakin surprises him before he leaves by basically coming up to him with this big giant stack of notes well mental notes of explaining all these things to obi-wan of like you should do this you should act this way oh nemoidians greet people like this blah 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 and obi-wan's like how the hell does he know all of this stuff and then one of anakin's chapters we learned that padme had been lecturing him all night on nemoidian uh politics and stuff like that and he's just passing on to obi-wan so 
Obi-Wan goes there. It, it's pretty good in the beginning. Everything's pretty amicable. And while that's also happening, we're getting perspectives from Rug and Keter. And Rug's entire story is basically just watching Keter become more and more radicalized. And it doesn't help when we learn who Dooku sent because Dooku sent Asajj Ventress at a point where nobody knew who she was, which is very important for this book. So Rug immediately is just like, I don't trust this person. Keter, you shouldn't trust them either. And Keter's like, nah, she's making some good points about how shitty the Republic is. And <laughs> Rug goes, I'll ignore this for now, which might come to bite her in the ass later. So Obi-Wan does his investigation and during it and trying to figure out like, what's wrong with this person Dooku sent? Why does she seem to know so much about me? I'm sure it's nothing because the script told me to not investigate this. During his investigation, he finds information that implicates the Republic in the bombing. So he basically contacts Anakin on this. Anakin, basically, before he, uh, they left, all, his last thing he gave Obi-Wan was this, like, secret communicator. It's basically like, oh, it looks like it's just memor uh, Memento, and then inside there's a, a secret comlink. And so Obi-Wan uses that to contact Anakin and basically be like, hey, send this to Dexter. Let me know what he says. And... Anakin ends up coming back and saying, like, oh, it's all legit Republic stuff. And Obi-Wan's like, well, that's not a good sign. So through his investigation, he meets Rug and Keter and ends up kind of talking with them, realizing him and Rug realize really quickly, especially with Rug's training, that they're on the same side and just wanting to know the truth no matter what. Uh, so Rug later on comes up to Obi-Wan and basically goes, hey, I have information that the Separatists are involved in this, but I can't confirm it yet. I still need some time. And Obi-Wan's like, cool. I'm not going to tell her about the Republic thing, though, just in case, which ends up being the wrong choice. So basically, from that point, Asajj starts getting her claws deeper into Keter and basically being like, hey. it's not even that hard, though. She's basically like, hey, did you know the Republic are a bunch of assholes? And Keter's like, you know what? You're right. And then she goes, hey, did you know I'm not? I'm a Jedi, but I'm not a Jedi? And Keter's like, hey, you know what? You're right. The one thing that I would say that she did use was the comlink thing against him because she had obi-wan's comlink well getting to that part oh, is yeah, that coming up? okay sorry yeah sorry. yeah and so after showing him like look i'm a i'm a jedi but i'm not a jedi and also i just conveniently have this thing that implicates obi-wan and then anakin at that point of course basically sent says something super incriminating because that's how these things work and uh over the comlink and asajj is like look i was right and keter's like good now i'm permanently evil and anakin's like shit now i need to go save obi-wan so he goes to kato nemoidia because he knows that's where obi-wan is and mill's like by the way i'm coming too and anakin's like that's a terrible idea come on <laughs> uh so they board a civilian craft to get to basically get off planet and then mace windu figures out this is happening and they really focus on mace's hate boner for anakin in this book so mace basically calls him and is like stop like what are you doing i know you're up to some shit cut it out and anakin's like we're going through a space tunnel i can't hear you and then jumps to hyperspace so from there now implicated obi-wan basically is arrested and he is like oh i know i'll give a rational normal speech and this will show that I'm the good guy and everything will be right, which doesn't work because since most of the Moidians are still suffering from this horrible tragedy and most of them feel like they're viewed as like second or third class citizens by the Republic anyways. So he's already got the deck stacked against them, but he hasn't realized this yet. So he basically gives his speech and it's, well, he lets the cultural minister give his speech, which is very neutral, which is good. And then Obi-Wan gives his speech that starts to turn everybody over. And then Keter shows up and is just like, all of my anger and all of my pain, I'm going to talk about my dead artist parents and how they were shit on by the Republic, and that's why Obi-Wan's evil, and the crowd's like, you know what, he's right. And they all turn on him. It, it's it's 
much better and well constructed than that. I'm just giving a satirical twist. It's actually like it makes sense the whole thing. Uh, but that is the gist of what happens, basically. And then something happens that, I mean, in the heat of the moment, again, it makes sense. But Keter, like, as they're arresting him, taking him away, one of the guards just, like, starts foaming at the mouth and drops dead. And Keter's like, oh, my God, the Jedi killed him. And Obi-Wan's like, how could I have done that? And then he sees a, set, a Ventress just constantly, like, doing something with her hand. And then every time she does something with her hand, a guard drops to the ground. And he's like, that couldn't be a force choke, though, right? It must be. I don't know what she's doing. So he basically has to escape he he'd hidden his lightsaber up really high above where the court proceeding was going to be beforehand so he's able to get it back at the same time anakin and mill are on planet and anakin is in a position where he comes down to help although he gets hit by obi-wan's lightsaber on the way down and Rug is watching the whole thing go down so when it starts getting really bad for obi-wan and anakin she starts laying down covering fire to help them and as they're running away, oh, I should also mention Anakin's mentality to the Nemoidians this entire time has been like borderline violent racist. <laughs> like he's he basically acts the same way we talk about the Quarrens, where he's like, there's no such thing as a good Nemoidian. You might be able to work with them, but you better not fucking trust any of them. They're all scumbags. And it's like, eh, you're letting Newt Gunray's opinion, your Newt Gunray color your opinion a little bit, which is fair, because as Star Wars fans, that's basically what we've all done to the Nemoidians, right? Uh, who knows who like real quick, name two Nemoidians for me who aren't Newt Gunray and Locke Dodd. Um, but anyways, they managed to get away. And from here, the story more or less gets much more streamlined because all of our main characters are together. Uh, so once they've managed to escape the trial, uh, Rug basically tells them like, hey, it's the it's it's a it's a defense storage bank that's right next to a hospital where all of the info on the separatists being behind or having a hand in this bombing plot are. You're, you'll have to go there on your own, though, because I, I'm going to be doing my own thing. He, no, they haven't even she talked tells him, She tells him that when, she, uh, when he's in jail and she comes up to Yes, him. that's right, that's right. Sorry, I am remembering it out of order. She tells him that, yeah, like Ed said, when uh, Obi-Wan's in jail, she visits and offers to break him out, and he's basically like, no, 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 I'll do this the legal way. Um, so they, as they head there, as Obi-Wan informs Anakin and Mill about all of this, they, they head to the area and they find something that Anakin and Mill had been doing right before the trial happened, which was they and R2 find out that a, someone's been planting a bunch of bombs in random areas around the city. And we do know from the whole Asajj talking with Keter that it, he, he's the one who's been doing it. Keter is the one who's been placing these bombs because Asajj talks to, to him and is basically like, hey, do you want to be a hero to your people? Go bomb a bunch of their places and blame it on the Republic. And Keter's like, yeah. And I'm, at that point, I'm like, all right, I've stopped any any respect or sympathy i've had for you is gone you were li you've literally just gone i'm gonna save my people by killing as many of them as i can and so they basically get to the hospital find out that there's another bomb in the hospital and as they take it out keter shows up and it's like no stop it i'm gonna save my friends by bombing a hospital that's full of people yeah <laughs> so obi-wan tries to talk him down anakin spends the entire time being like i can kill him just give me a chance and then before Keter can press the the detonator because he basically goes like, hey, you know what? I don't need... He goes full radical where it's like, you know what? I don't have to survive the explosion to keep doing my work. It's fine. That's given Rug enough time to get into position. So she shoots the detonator out of his hand and then shoots his other hand. Nah, shoots they, his hand and then shoots him in the knee. Oh, yeah, that's right. And yeah, sorry. And then Anakin grabs the pistol and the detonator, tosses the blaster, and then Rug comes down and has a big talk with them. Keter calls her a traitor multiple times which i and they kind of make it seem like he's justified but i don't want to hear that from the guy who is just going i'm going to save all my people by killing as many of them as i can and so after their talk rook basically knocks keter out and then goes okay we need a plan 
here's the plan. I'm going to give me that bomb. I'm going to go bomb something where there's where nobody's at. I'm going to go bomb something where no one will get hurt. But since we're on high alert, we'll get a bunch of the guards from that defense building to go there. That'll let you guys sneak in easier. And then I'll come and help you out. So they do that. They do the whole... They do the whole explosion, they get in, they infiltrate, they get all the data, and they can't send it to the Republic because of something they put in place for Obi-Wan's trial. But they are able to send it to Padme, and then there's another slip-up because Anakin calls her on their personal com- on the personal comm link, so when Padme picks up, she thinks it's just him, and then realizes, oh fuck, there's other people here. And Obi-Wan's like, I'm gonna make a note of that. Well, they, you, get the, you get the Walking Dead thing, right? Obi-Wan will remember that. Sorry, Walking Dead video game, not the TV show. But... From there, basically, once the data's in place, Rook shows up again with her blaster drawn, and Anakin's like, I know it! <laughs> and Obi-Wan's like, no, 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 hold on. And Rook basically tells them, like, okay, when Keter wakes up, since I just, since we had this, I also kind of skipped over this, they have a big, long Jedi talk about don't kill Keter, he, you know, he doesn't deserve it. And Rook's like, he's gonna tell every, he's gonna call, call me a traitor if he wakes up. And Obi-Wan's like, yeah, but that's not my problem. And that kind of convinces her. Again, I'm making it very satirical, he doesn't say it like that, but... Rug basically says, okay, since Keter's going to, going to declare me a traitor when he wakes up, and I've knocked the security devices out when you guys entered, you you need to make it look like I fought you as you were trying to get out so that I can cover myself a little bit. And Obi-Wan's like, okay, Anakin and Mill, go. I'll stay back and make it look like you were fighting me. So Anakin and Mill try to escape, and as they're about to get out, they're intercepted by Asajj Ventress. Anakin and Asajj fight, and it's a it's a very cool scene because Anakin basically learns how to fight with his mechanical arm during the fight, as he is because he's been scared this entire time of like maybe it won't be able to compensate for it, maybe it's going to be too strong, maybe it's not, and he has some problems like his human arm is actually reacting faster than his mechanical one. But what gets him to snap out of it and kind of become the one step closer to the Anakin we see in Clone Wars is then Asajj at one point notices Mill because I think she gasps or something. And as soon as Asajj starts threatening Mill, Anakin's like, all right, it's time to go Anakin dark side rage mode. Well, not quite. He like dabbles with it. But his anger actually focuses him to the point where he starts fighting completely effectively with his arm and even more effectively to the point where he's able to force Asajj to try and escape. In the process, she tries to capture Mill or kidnap Mill and be like, I'm going to make you evil because I know Zabrax because Dathomir. Uh, so I'm going to make you a Darksider. And then Obi-Wan's like, not today, Ventress. And his, his what will become a long-running trend of ruining her plans at the last minute uh, shows up, damages her ship, and forces Asajj to basically flee in the ship before it just explodes and she can't get away. Uh, so from there, it kind of res- kind of resolves itself. It's, the Count on Amoidia is left on kind of a cliffhanger because... We don't really know what's going to happen to Rug, and the situation's kind of unsolved, but Obi-Wan and Anakin have to leave, and then they basically give the Galactic Senate the info that they need to then kind of throw the entire belief of what's happened on Kanan Amoidia into disarray, right? Because now it's like, who was doing it? It was, it was the Republic and the Separatists and nobody, basically. And we don't even really learn who was behind it in the end. So from there, we basically get Anakin in a prelude to one of the saddest moments in the Clone Wars, being like, all right, Mill, you did it. You're definitely going to be a, a Padawan now. Like, you got this. You're you're locked in. You're the oldest youngling. You'll get there. And Mill's like, I don't want it. And Anakin's like, no, please, not again, even though it hasn't happened the first time yet. So we get a talk, a little bit of a talk with Obi-Wan and Yoda. And Obi-Wan had been mulling over whether or not to bring up the oddities he's mentioned with Anakin. Because he at this point, he's... Obi-Wan's pretty sure he knows what it is. Like, he's starting to realize, like, okay, 
there's something here between Padme and Anakin that's not not even close up to the Jedi code. And he basically is like, well, Mace Windu hates him so much. Then and he and at the same time, he's been realizing how many lessons Anakin took from Qui-Gon. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to play this Qui-Gon. Fuck the council. They don't need to know yet. I'll figure this out with Anakin on my own and then I'll let them know. So he does that. And then we get Mill basically saying, like, I don't want to be a Jedi Knight. I don't want to do this. I don't want to fight like I've, that's none of that is what I want to be as a Jedi. And Yoda goes like, OK, well maybe there's another option and then just leaves it kind of cryptic like that so we get a little a, a very small time skip ahead a, a small enough time skip ahead that we learn that the senate implemented a law that basically made padawan's commander rank and then integrated the jedis as generals uh which is what you know what we see in the clone wars tv show so it kind of explains that and then also explains them getting the armor where they're like okay since they're becoming generals now we should probably armor them and make a bunch of other stuff and obi-wan kind of is like okay i guess we have to figure out how this works and we get in the we get an amazing banter where as he's talking with anakin about this stuff anakin's like yeah yeah oh yeah by the way did you see the catonomoidia stuff like the vids that they showed of what happened there he's like yeah and anakin goes like you know if you're gonna if we're gonna keep showing up on the hollows together you should probably cut your hair because you look kind of like dirty and and homeless and everyone's like what <laughs> he's like well, i think my hair is cool it was really anakin, good yeah and anakin's like oh my god is he actually offended that i said yeah that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then he goes ahead and does it. Yeah, and uh, then the next time we see him, he's gonna, he doesn't have the... So they, they explain why Obi-Wan lost the mullet. And it's because Anakin teased him. And then Anakin even says, like, I'm not going to mention the fact that me and Padme mock him behind his back about it. So, yeah, the, the final part that we see is uh, Mill seeing Obi-Wan and Anakin after this brief time skip. Anakin's hair is starting to get a little bit longer. Obi-Wan's got the short hair now, and, the, and they both got the armor. And Anakin's got his new armored uh, forearm. And they basically talk, and it turns out Mill is going to become a, a Jedi healer on a planet that's basically being used as like a hospital world. And she basically thanks Anakin and Obi-Wan for everything that they've done. And one thing that I kind of gl glanced over, because it's not important until this moment, is we get a, a reoccurring story that Anakin talks about. It's, it's the story of the Sun Dragon that his mom used to tell him and basically it, it's it's a very childlike story but it's basically like there once was a dragon who was so big and so powerful and uh had an incredibly powerful domain because his heart was a son and he was able to protect everything and, and all of his treasures and everything when he cared about and all this and be like the most powerful sun dragon in existence because he had this heart of fire and and he decided that he was going to not lose anything basically like be, being the sun dragon protector with this you know it's, it's the typical dragon horde that you're keeping safe and all that stuff and anakin's really last on to it and he mentions it multiple times in the book and it it it's where his ethos of i'm going to be the strongest and i'm going to make sure i don't lose a single person that i care about comes from which is really cool and really eye-opening to see like that's where it comes from it's a little bit childish but it's also very anakin and so before she leaves mill tells anakin because she can sense and this is really chilling, and I thought it was really interesting. She has a she can sense the fact that like it's a really good thing for him to have this sun dragon mentality, but she, if it ever goes wrong, she can see it kind of warping him into a monster, um, which is you know very telling considering what happens. So she tells Anakin before she leaves. Her last words to him are, "You don't always have to be the sun dragon," and it like shakes Anakin to his core. It's like something he's never even considered. And from that, Obi-Wan's like, oh, you, you never told me about this. And Anakin's like, yeah, I, I only, it's like a story of my mom 
And I, I only tell, like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't like to bring it up. And Obi-Wan's first thought is, I wonder if he told Padme. <laughs> and he's like, all right, well, you know, maybe you can tell me sometime. And Anakin's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe over dinner or something. I, I Honestly, I'd like to tell you. And in this last scene, we get the culmination of what this book's been about, which is that Obi-Wan and Anakin have both been realizing that ever since Anakin became a knight, the relationship changed completely. Like Anakin's not being whiny, he's not being sullen, he's not snapping at everything Obi-Wan says. Like we he he jumps into the Anakin we see in Clone Wars much faster than I think any of us would have expected. And Obi-Wan starts to realize, oh, A, it's because I'm not his master anymore, so I'm not a source of authority to him anymore. And there's like a light hint that part of Anakin's uh anger and rage at authority comes from being a slave, which was interesting. So I was like, yeah, shit, that actually explains a lot about early Anakin. Um, but he also realizes just from all the lessons he's realized Anakin picked up from Qui-Gon, that he's like, Anakin once told me that he's like, that I'm like the father that he never had. But that's not really the case. It's more of like Qui-Gon was the father than neither of us had. And now that we're, you know, the equal rank, well, not really the equal rank, but, you know, now that he's not taking orders from me, we've evolved from a father-son relationship into a true brotherhood hey drop name title end credits <laughs> yeah that basically does wrap up uh star wars brotherhood one thing i want to say right off the top because i always do these reviews in a very kind of satirical sardonic manner i did throw a lot of shade at, at the kind of generic e plot points they're generic plot points for a star wars thing but this book is amazing the way this it's is written is so well done they un or Mike Chen understands the characters so well. Every single character that we've seen before Anakin, Obi Wan, Padme, even Dexter, like Palpatine, Mace Windu, like everybody he he writes them in completely believable ways. And I wouldn't really be uh harping on about this if it wasn't for the fact that, as far as I saw, this is Mike Chen's first Star Wars book. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so this like really shows you how much this guy like Star Wars and knows about it because he gets so many things great or he gets them right. He does them great. And he expands on so many things that I thought I'd never get an explanation I'd buy, right? Like moody teenage Anakin. There's an explanation for that now. And it kind of makes sense. sense. Yeah. Yeah. If He's hated authority all his life because he's been a slave. And then now someone else is bossing him around and he doesn't take it. And it's also why he's so desperate to, or not so desperate, but it, it's why his first, response to mace windu is just to fuck with him because mace windu is the only one on the council who really like always harps on him in a position of authority yeah and there's that moment in it where mace windu's like where are you anakin and he's like well i'm breaking up Uh, i'm going through a a nebula field he's Uh, he's, he's fucking with the communication knobs and like mills trying not to laugh and he's clearly just doing because he's he's like i wouldn't do this if it was one of the clone commanders but since it's mace windu i'm gonna fuck with him exactly yeah, I mean, he was hilarious. trying not to laugh too. Is the best. Part. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Well, I, it's like if I look at you, I'm gonna laugh. So you yeah. don't laugh, okay? Yeah, it's it's done really, really well. But it also brings up, and this is something I did want to talk about because I think I know why. But this book does something that we've harped on a lot, which is it's expanding and giving reasons to things that we didn't like from the movies, the prequel movies specifically. And granted, I don't think any of us are going to say that episode two is our favorite Star Wars, but it was interesting to me because it was like, I'm fine with all of these, right? I like the fact that we're learning things behind episode two and we're getting a lot of justifications for the way people acted. And while that isn't necessarily the lore uh, duct tape 
patches that we've talked about, it is very similar, right? So I was thinking about that for a while because I was like, why do I like it in Brotherhood, but I don't like it in Into the Dark or High Republic Adventures Volume 3? And I think for me, at least, what the reason is, is because I look at Star Wars from the in-universe perspective and the real-life perspective, it really irks me when I can see an agenda. And in Into the Dark and uh, Volume 3, it really feels like it is them pushing that agenda of we need to try and make the sequel trilogy legitimate. We need at all costs to make it seem like this wasn't a mistake and that we didn't waste our time and money. But with Clone Wars, nobody gives a shit anymore. Everyone knows it's a bad movie, right? We've known it's a bad movie for decades there now. There are good literally. points in it, but there are points that are just like, ooh. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's still better than, well, eh, hmm. No, it is still better than, I, I think, you know, the last two sequel trilogy movies. Sure. That might be a controversial comment, but I believe that I, I've got, there's moments I like in episode two. Is anyone going to tell me the seismic charge isn't awesome? So I think that's it. I think it's, for me at least, it's the fact that nobody at Lucasfilm cares about Clone Wars anymore as a money-making cash machine. Nobody's trying to legitimize it or Phantom Menace anymore. Right. So because of that, I'm much more willing to accept these ones because I can tell this is a labor of love, not a put Maz in here because we need people from the sequel trilogy. Right. And they actually do the opposite in this book. We talked about it before the podcast, but they mentioned Volo in this book, which is yep. High Republic. Yep. They put Volo in there and they also put Braca. Cal Kestis, yeah. Braca. Braca. Oh, uh... Oh, well, there's even deeper cuts, but I'm, I'm not getting there yet. Yeah, and I mean, in, in general, this book is a reference, right? Because it is talking about this is the mission on Captain Amoidia that doesn't count. Which, granted, now that we've kind of seen what it is, I think it counts. I think so. I think so. <laughs> Obi-Wan's just trying not to, you know, it counts. Yeah, yeah. He's Ironically, he's pulling the Anakin thing, because at one point in the book, he's like, oh, I'm sure Anakin would be like, no, I, I got this. I had that. You didn't need to help me, Rug. And then he turns around and is like, no, nah, I had that situation where they were about no. to execute me, and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. You said you did, but yeah. you didn't. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so there's a couple of other references that we get here. Uh, Sabe is one of them, and I think they mentioned Dorn, Dorne, Dorne? Dorme. 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 As well, They're, those are two of um, Padme's handmaidens. And they're brought up for an interesting reason, which is the fact that Anakin starts to think that maybe Padme doesn't act like a queen when her handmaidens aren't around. Yeah. Yeah, which was, was pretty funny. One of the things that actually Dan had mentioned was that there's a reference to real life here in a character that's mentioned very yeah. quickly named Noxie Kell. So, yeah. Dan, do you want to talk about that one? Yeah, apparently. I was, on, I was just scrolling through Twitter when this book came out, and there's a person on Twitter who has written a book named, or the book's title is Be More Obi-Wan. And her name is Kelly Knox, and the Jedi Archives assistant, Noxie Kell, is a nod to her as being a person who has worked on Star Wars, specifically done a lot of delving on Obi-Wan Kenobi. So that was a nice nod. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Nice little Easter egg for, for fans that have read that book or know uh, Kelly Knox from other, other writing uh, novels and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And there's another uh, nod to the Clone Wars TV series because I, I also skipped over this because it is and isn't relevant. Um, Satine comes up a bunch of times in this book of basically just having started the Mandalore uh, pacifist movement and then creating the Confederacy, or it's not called the Confederacy, but it's, it's the Alliance of Neutral Coalition. Systems. 
Co- coalition, that's it, of neutral systems. Funny uh, so enough, getting... she parrots his exact, almost his yeah. exact speech he yeah. gave yeah. to, the, to the galaxy on Kato Nemoidia. Both are publicly yeah, yeah. available on, on the uh, Holonet. Yeah, so she does, and Obi-Wan's like, was that on purpose? And he, we even get a, a slight crisis of conscience moment at one point, because a, he, you, when Obi-Wan... Well, when Obi-Wan realizes what's going on with Anakin, he at near the end of the book, he's actually like, shit, what would have happened if I'd stayed with Satine? Could I have had this? So that in itself, I don't know if you guys... Well, yeah, I don't know if you guys caught this, but he, what Mike Chen's doing is he's referencing a speech that was in the episode three deleted scenes and in the revenge of the sith novelization i didn't know that yeah so in the revenge of the sith novelization and it's something i always wish they'd actually kept in the original book i'll see if i can find the speech but before he leaves obi-wan tells padme he knew he knew the whole time about them yeah and he's been the deleted clips from that yeah and he basically tells padme like look i've known since the beginning what you guys were doing but you make anakin happy so i just could i I could never bring myself to actually yeah. do anything about it because you're the only thing you're the only thing in this galaxy that he cares about more than himself. But yeah, so I mean that whole thing is yeah, I can't find it. But that whole thing is is really cool. Like the fact that he knew that and then the last uh deep cut well, this was the deepest cut for me and I wish Brian was here because I think he's the only person I know of that knew about this is they mention a character named Siritachi very very briefly in this book i think it's the only time that she's been meant oh no there's a short story oh okay yeah so there's a short story that she mentioned in at one point and then comes up in this book as a mention and they may they completely change the relationship which makes sense because it's been replaced with something else so siri tachi that i knew is from legends and she's from uh series of young adventure books if you listen to the brian bounds episode we talked about it a little bit i think it's, it was called like jedi adventures or uh yeah. i can't remember the series name but basically the whole shtick is that in these uh novels which was the original novelizations that we got of obi-wan and qui-gon's journey before episode one and then obi-wan and anakin's journey before episode three during it or is it no it's even yeah sorry it's before episode two uh because anakin's still like young padawan but in this one, we learn that Qui-Gon had a Thalothian, uh, basically Jedi lover. Like, they were in love with each other. They just, I don't think they really did much. And they took this, they, during this Legends time, they had this version of a, uh, it was, I think it was like a chastity vow. Or it was like, the Jedi Order acknowledges that these two people love each other, but that's as far as it's ever going to go. So Qui-Gon had it with a Thalothian named Tal. And uh, Obi-Wan almost had the exact same thing with uh, Siri Tachi. And so that was really interesting because I remember learning about that relationship and being like, oh, cool. It's like different generations having the same thing with different people. Um, and then obviously Anakin's got the most extreme version of that with what he's doing. But yeah, it was just like, holy shit, Siri Tachi. Like they they said that name and I had to go back like two or three times to be like, are, are, am I sure that's who they're talking about? Right. So I, I even um, when I heard it, like I've never read those books, but I remember hmm. hearing about it somewhere and remember hearing that name and I'm like, Siri Tachi. Yep. Like I didn't listen to it again, but I was like, oh, it's yeah. like a name that's familiar. I just don't know why, but that makes a lot of sense. It, it honestly might have been me. <laughs> the yeah, it might have been because I because I really like Siri the the way that she uh, they you know I'm not going to give things of, of myself away from there but the way that they describe her and how she acts in those books I, she was one of my favorite characters in them and uh, yeah I mean we get some other indirect mentions that aren't they're still references but they're not as important Darth Maul's mentioned Zam Wessel's mentioned in passing they don't even mention her name because how would Obi Wan have ever learned her name right and yeah like I said there's there's some other small ones I. Because they, he talks to two 
Anakin talks to two commanders. One is Commander Spark, and he had. And as soon as they mentioned Spark, I was like, I I remember you from somewhere because I know he had yellow stripes on his helmet. I know Commander Cody's in the there stripes. too, right? Yeah, Cody's at the very end talking with uh, uh, Obi Wan, which was also pretty cool. And then I think I think we hear Commander Thorn, but I I can't remember. I. Th- yeah, I I think it's mentioned when Anakin's like, I'm fine if Sparks and, uh, is the one who's calling me. I didn't be fine if it was Thorn, but I, I can't say that with like 100% accuracy. Yeah, I mean, I feel kind of bad as well because we kind of went through all the good. Uh, the only bad parts of this book were the fact that this plot is a plot that I have seen multiple times at this point, especially in Star Wars, right? It's like, Terrible tragedies happened. It, it's very gray on who did it, except... Well, actually, you know what? It is very gray on who did it. That, that is actually a difference. Most of the time, it's like, oh, it's really gray on who did it, but it's actually just the Separatists. I mean, it was, um, wasn't it? Because, like, the data pad that was planted there was planted by Ventress because she was looking for it. So it, it kind after, of... Afterwards, right? She, it was plant, But she planted it specifically for Keter to find. And right, but she if she did that, yeah. wouldn't the bombs and stuff be coming from them too? Like, it just kind of makes sense. It, it's really murky. Okay. Well, it's only murky because they never actually come out and say it. Yeah. Because right? the bombs, they also mentioned that the bombs that he, she's giving Keter aren't the same ones. No, they were very similar, off. weren't they? They were similar, but because they Keter describe, was doing yeah. it more shittily. Yeah. They yeah. describe it in the way they were done because he did it so messily and Anakin yeah. pointed but that like out But the right materials away. and stuff are all the same, right? Yeah. It's, it's the same stuff Explosive, in time yeah. to do the same thing. It's just that this had like, okay, maybe wires were all over. There was stuff leaking, not leaking, but like sticking out of it yeah, that shouldn't yeah. have. It was but, very hastily put together. Yeah, but you know, in, in most of these Star Wars stories, it's like, oh, we're not sure who did it. And then it just cuts to the Separatists. Yeah, like, yeah. And they're doing it like I don't I don't believe they ever out loud say it was the Separatists. But yeah, so it is more gray. But a lot of these missions are always the exact same, um, right? Where it's just like, oh, we're going to have to clear our name. But Dooku's going to make it really hard for us. And we could point out a lot of bullshit that Dooku's saying, but let's not because it'll make the plot better. I love the Separatists um, and how they're like, oh, you know, the Jedi are well known for not being trustworthy people. And it's like you're a Jedi. You're a Jedi. <laughs> are they? <laughs> huh? No, yeah, yeah, but like, but well, because the way they frame it makes sense, right? Yeah. If you didn't know anything about them, but then it's like, but Dooku's a Jedi, but Dooku's a Jedi. Used to be, Dooku's used to be, ex Jedi. They always say that but too, no, like he used to be because, and then he left because of corruption. Yeah, but he still is a Jedi. Yeah, right. If I'm, if I'm, oh, I used to be CIA, but don't worry, I'm not anymore. You're like, yeah, but you still know all your tricks. Yeah. Right. It's not like oh, well, he's you don't have the label. Anymore. You're not a part of that yeah. society anymore. Or that like yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're still basically you those... aligned with it, right? Because he never says he's a Sith. Yeah. It it just kind of is like okay, so well, and some people do also treat him like that, right? Was like I'm not a Jedi. It's like yeah, you are. You know, the lightsaber and everything, like Hondo and stuff, right? Yeah. So yeah, that part that part's always a little bit muddy to me. And then you know it's it's the same kind of thing where it's just like oh, you go and it looks like we're doing the good thing, but oh no, the villains are using dirty tricks, so I'm gonna get caught and. The law is going to be against me. Like it, it beat for beat, it it plays like a lot of other Star Wars plots do. That's honestly my only critique with it, though. And a couple of times, some people get hit with a stupid stick, but it, it's, it's other times that we've seen them get hit with a stupid stick, right? So, like, while I don't appreciate the fact that it's happening again, like the fact that Yoda's just sitting there listening to Dooku just sabotage their plans. Yeah. Mm, say nothing i will it's just like what what why yeah <laughs> you're, he's literally, you literally making your job harder debunk for you. everything yeah yeah 
And he's like, mm, yeah, sir, good job my old apprentice is doing. And it's just like, oh my God, man, do something. Yeah. God, you just, we just finished watching you do nothing for 200 years in the High Republic. And then we come back and you're doing the exact same nothing. Thanks, so, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what did you think, so, man? There was a lot in this that I enjoyed. Was there, mm-hmm. you know what? Is there anything you didn't enjoy first so that we oh, can kind of go from the negative into the positive? <laughs> Not a lot, honestly. Hitar, it annoyed oh, yeah, me at Hitar. first. <laughs> But I understood it, which made it seem really weird. Like, because he wasn't the initial bomber, the initial bomber was, yeah, unknown. Ventress's machinations with something else. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, that's all my own speculation, really. Just just because the shooter had enough time to do all that. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm sending somebody else. JK, she's already there because she did the bombing. Um, <laughs> but for him to be that mad and it's just like, oh, yeah, I just, I just keep going. I'm, I'm like his whole scene where he's blasting the droids and missing and all that. Is, oh, he just needs something to shoot. Yeah, yeah, and then he just starts beating one of them to pieces. Like, okay, yeah. here we see like for the amount of times that Obi Wan and Rogue have those like heart to hearts, and it's like, oh yeah, my apprentice. Oh my apprentice. It's like so <laughs> both of you like why not share ideas of what you did positively with them? Both of you are saying it's like, mm. what should we do about that? I don't know. That's the way they are, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's just the way they are. Fuck it. It's like no. Come on. And then <laughs> from seeing us like, okay, look at what happened with Rook through all that because, or sorry, with Kitar with all that, because she didn't do these things. Oh, we want, are you paying attention? Uh-huh. <laughs> are, are you sure you're paying attention? Mm-hmm. I don't pay attention. Enter Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, we'll have time. No, no, yeah. no we'll have time. We'll have time. Like, it, it's frustratingly <laughs> good. But like, yeah. if that's the one part that frustrated me. It, yeah. It wasn't that like, oh, I'm pissed off. It's just like, Thank you, because yeah. you you you're understanding the grasp of the whole situation, and you're putting that in the intentions there. And I'm mm. gonna do something about it. I promise, I'm gonna do something. I'm not doing anything about it. I have uh, that leads. To, I have failed you. It's just like, yeah, yeah. you failed in fucking yeah. before the beginning of this when you were supposed to do something and talk about all this shit and you didn't. Um, and, and it also kind of brings up, and it reinforces yeah, not brings up, but it reinforces that fact, kind of like you said, right? Because now we know even from the beginning he's known this and just been like, well, nothing bad's happened in two years. I'm just going to, after the Clone Wars, after the Clone Wars. Yeah. You just keep pushing it off. And it's just like, out of all your, like, out of all your logic, out of all your reasoning, out of all of this, how can you be so irrational and so illogical about something that's so close to home? Like, mm-hmm. it's, you feel like any spare chance you got, you'd be like, yo, okay, we don't have anything to do with anything. Let's talk. Let's go to dinner. They were about to go at the end of the book. It's like, great, bring it up then. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 oh, it's fine. So that was the one thing I was just like, God, Obi-Wan, why? But for everything else, like, I enjoyed it. The the amount of subterfuge was good. The amount of investigation was good. Like, I could tell right from before that Obi-Wan wasn't, he he wasn't going to let Rogue sacrifice her whole thing just to let him run away. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Shit. You know what I forgot? Because you just mentioned Rogue's sacrifice. I forgot the epilogue. Yeah, oh, where yeah, they yeah. basically go back My and like, All right. Yeah, yeah. So so the epilogue, sorry about that for, for those of you who either are listening and aren't gonna read this book or have and have forgotten, is they mention right at the end of the story that a Nemoidian prison transport went down and four out of the five people are presumed dead. Or, or or are dead. Sorry, four of the five people are dead and one's missing. And you're like Gosh, I wonder who that could be. So the epilogue is uh, Rug basically hiding out in a forest, being like, "Well, you know what? 
I've served Kato Nomoidia my whole life. If this is how I go down, I guess this is how I go down as a bunch of B1 battle droids basically start deploying and getting into position. And then these blue lights go on and sort of viscerating the battle droids. And she's like, I wonder who this could be. I have no clue. Oh, wait a minute. Now that they're closer and I can see that what they are, it's Obi-Wan and Anakin. And together, nobody can fucking stop them. And I'm like, weird thing for you to say, Rug, but you know what? You're completely right. Yeah. <laughs> The best thing I think they described in that as well was just like she was described because she's she'd never she'd seen Jedi fight, but yeah. she hadn't seen them in full like combat. Like yeah. they were, they were all, things. They were always holding back because the guards were there. Now that's that it right, was droids, right. they were just in full flow. And the way, <laughs> now that they don't have hearts, we can fucking yeah. murder them. Yeah, and I love how it was described and like you know when one went oh, yeah. this way, one went this way, and there was yeah, like a perfect whole sync, even perfect synchro yeah. that was going through, and it's just like one. She described one as just like a hurricane that was just going through, and I was like, well, that's Anakin, yeah. and then one that was like balanced and almost like a yeah, refined, and it's almost like a dance. Yeah, yeah it was exactly. like a dance. It was like that's Obi Wan. Okay, <laughs> and the way they were going, it's just like yeah. Yeah, that was and that was awesome. And how they and how they contrast each other. It's, yeah, she's like it's watching like fire and ice, like uh, in in this action. This is a really cool like, way to oh. see it from a third person perspective. Exactly. And, and just and just again, right? Like it, like just showing that Mike Chen understands these characters. I think this yeah. is probably the most times we've brought up an author in this well, book. But yeah, it's just it's because of all the times they keep saying it's like you know whenever we're together, it's mm. chaos. Yeah. But it's like chaos control because like yeah. we always chaos. end up going through it because we're here for supporting each other through the chaos. Yeah. Where it's like the first time we're apart hell goes off to ice and everything breaks yeah, yeah. through and it's all gone crazy and then as soon as you show up we're just like we're making sense of the chaos together <laughs> and the amount of times just like oh man if obi-wan was here he was you know if anakin was here it's like wow i'm, I'm saying it and the amount of times he had to stop him saying like yeah my pad um mm-hmm. my partner <laughs> like that was really funny the way that kept coming up i enjoyed that a yeah lot. and and anakin instinctively calls obi-wan master the first time he sees him again after the yeah. ceremony but one of the best things we get from this was that um, we get after through the Clone Wars, everybody's referring to um, Obi-Wan as the negotiator and Anakin as the Jedi with no fear or the hero mm-hmm. with no fear. And we see how that comes about because after they give all the information to the Senate, the propaganda comes out. Yeah. And the, yeah, the yeah. hollow net is just like, look at the, the negotiator, Obi-Wan Kenobi going through it after he's giving his speech and they've doctored it. So he's just saying, I have data here that proves the Separatists did it. Yeah. And yeah. So <laughs> it is where Anakin starting because of his hand, he's starting to just use the lightsaber throw technique a lot more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he does this like sweet, like no look throw back behind him and he just destroys these yeah. battle journalists. Like, oh yeah, look, the yeah, hero look how cool. fear. Yeah. He's so cool. <laughs> and then Obi-Wan's like, oh God, no, nah, now nah, we gotta why did they do that? And Anakin's just like, I don't know. I kind of like it. <laughs> no fear. Yeah. yeah I thought it looked I, I, I thought it looked very dashing in that, <laughs> that shot. <laughs> There's some like, in, in my head scenes like that that just mm-hmm. made me smile because, like you guys have been saying, it's like it's such a love letter to fans, a yeah. drama fan that it's just like, yeah, you know, this is everybody who wants a fan fiction published, go this way and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. We'll love it. <laughs> oh yeah, and I mean, part of that too is we mentioned it a little bit, or sorry, I mentioned a little bit in the review, but holy shit, seeing Anakin and Padme actually being a happy normal couple, yeah, yeah. That was a nice change of pace because they mentioned like, it all, like many many times. Like, yeah, were this you is... thinking about the uh, the going nuts, opening the door, and then beating the shit out of that? <laughs> <laughs> so that's not what I was thinking because there's one scene that like in Clone Wars that is very Anakin and Padme to me, but I hate how he acts during it, which is um, when Cad Bane takes over the Senate. Yeah, 
because he's just he, like Anakin and Padme in that scene. He, he it is literally just Anakin emotionally manipulating Padme into being like, "Look, we're gonna take a vacation because I want <laughs> want to have spend time with you." Here, I'll give you my lightsaber so this whole situation gets even more fucked up later in the episode. Yeah. Like, that scene has always stuck with me because I'm like, this reminds me of their relationship from episode two in all the worst ways. Mm, true. Uh, no, him smashing open the door and beating yeah. Clovis to a pulp is just hilarious to me every single yeah, time. Yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> Anakin, oh, fuck you up. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. He's like, okay, buddy. I was like, oh, need your force power? I was like, fuck that. I got a metal hand, you dumbass. <laughs> I love yeah, how they went to like a racetrack and like they rented a racetrack and like a car and stuff like that. Yeah, the the book. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was hilarious. And then Padme yeah. comes up with like the restaurant from the other senators that has mm. the dish from his home planet. Well, from Bale. She yeah. says that she heard of yeah. Bale. Man, that, it was pretty shawarma. Cool. That <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, you had, have you had Tatooine shawarma before with bantha bantha steak so yeah, i mean I think, oh yeah all the seasoned meats and vegetables yeah. wrapped up in his thing. i was like you tell you that's a fucking shawarma are you kidding me i was like why does this keep coming up in every bit of media but hey you know what's cool they didn't call it a shawarma they called it something different daimyo yeah <laughs> true there's some other stuff that i really loved about this though like, not we, that i'm bitter or anything we got like Sorry. zabrak i don't know if this is like canon or, or legend stuff but zabrak's have oh, two yeah. hearts i didn't know yeah, that yeah. i didn't realize that oh yeah that was interesting i was like oh zabrak's is okay yeah, zabrak's with space marines I didn't actually know yeah and just go along with that talking more about mill's fucking ability that was just like yeah i see pain and heat vision what yeah <laughs> yeah it's like damn that's that's gotta it's be like, overwhelming to the, do you the know visual what an senses. awesome met like war healer you would be yeah but at the same time i can't handle war so that's my that's my negative buff to it so mm. i'm sorry i i'm super useful and not at the same time it's like god she's more of like an <laughs> empathetic healer right she helps yeah, like yeah. soothe yeah. people's emotions and and that kind of stuff which like, i thought was really cool she'd make a great doctor but it'd be like you know it's just like you're suffering emotionally and I can help you, but it's damaging me. So it seems like she's like more like a Voss mystic than yeah, anything. Yeah, kind of. Oh yeah, good point. Um, some of the stuff that I thought was pretty cool, uh, Dexter Jetster's back and he's a info, like a former info broker from the underworld. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. yo, this man has some history that we need a book about specifically for. Which is why I want to, I want a book about how he and Obi-Wan met in the first yeah, place. Yeah, that'd be pretty yeah, good. Because we get a little bit of a hint. Right? It's with yeah. him when he's a Padawan when he was with Qui-Gon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that might be coming up in the one that we're going to oh, get true. to. Oh, true. Like, it's a short story, right? So true. unless Dexter gets them there and he remembers him from it. Yeah. Maybe. And then Dexter or De yeah, Dexter knows about his past with Satine. And he keeps, yeah, on, he keeps on pushing on him. And he's like, I'm not going to give yeah, him the yeah. satisfaction of knowing so that Steve, it hurts me. He yeah. has to be in it then. If bringing up quotes and stuff like that, and if it's to do with Mandalore, then maybe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like the stuff with Satine too was really cool. Like, I really loved how they brought her in. And mm -hmm. like, it. It affected Obi-Wan every time he saw that and like mm. her coming in and like how it hurt him a little bit by having, you know, her set up the the coalition of independent systems. Well, it's more of the her using his speech and yeah. he has no idea whether or not Shock it was on value. purpose. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like, oh, man, like, watching? This... did you hear? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of lot of little nuances in this and I, I really did enjoy them. But it's also um, it's also super like I was super impressed with that as well because it just it's just reinforcing everything that we're already seeing right because now now that we know that Satine messes him up this much makes mm -hmm. so much more sense why on uh, was it Voyage of Temptation they're like immediately at each other's throats yeah oh yeah because yeah. it's just it's just these decades and decades of all these pent up feelings that they've never been able to get past exactly and then just what? immediately he was gonna blow up the ship. Well, that's it. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> one of my favorite Anakin moments. Yeah, yep. 
It's just like, why are you guys even glaring at me? You're doing nothing, yeah. and he was gonna do it anyway. Fuck off! I did the right thing, and I'm like, yeah, you did. Yeah, good yeah. job. You did your job. Yeah. I, I can't remember the the line exactly, but it's, it's just the line before that, right? It was like, come now, which one of you will break their morals and strike me down in cold blood? Of course, yeah, it would which be one Anakin, of you is gonna yeah. become right a the cold blooded yeah. killer. Yeah, yeah, that's a cold blooded killer. That's. Oh <laughs> and God. then the best the. Yeah, and then you hear then the Vader theme. Yeah. yeah, and it's like Anakin. It's like fuck off. You weren't gonna do yeah. anything. Don't even give me that right now. Ow. That yeah, you're gonna make Satine shoot him. Yeah, yeah. The fact that Obi Wan was able to recognize throughout the book that like Anakin and Padme have this like bond that he's like I don't know what it is specifically, but like he knows it's more than just what he's seeing, right? Because they're trying their best to like put a a facade up but yeah. it's just not working because he can feel the force and kind of see it through the interactions and the subtleties of Anakin and even Padme's like words and stuff, right? Like when she mm. answers the, the com link near the end, she's like, Annie, I mean, General Skywalker. Yeah. 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 And like, well, a, she, he's, like he's like a switch that. flipped he in her like, head, uh, right? Senator yeah, Amidala, yeah. You need to stop that right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the good point and going off along with that, I guess one thing that irritated me which in a good way, though, that doesn't make sense, but irritated me because it's a perfect understanding of the character. Everyone keeps telling Obi-Wan to stop thinking like a Jedi for a minute yeah. and think outside yeah. the box. <laughs> and in every situation, he's like, you're right. I'm not going to listen to you. <laughs> because it, with the whole pad, with the whole Anakin thing, and even with the Satine stuff, and he's feeling like, yeah, I'm feeling all these emotions and stuff like that where I should really consider, I'm just going to push them, and they'll go away. Mm. Oh, they've gone away, okay. <laughs> No, maybe acknowledge them for a second and then mm. do something about them, not just let them go away. Because yeah. you're you see them, hey, this is a stop sign. I understand. Yeah. I will still go. How did this crash happen? It's the whole bike wheel and the stick meme. Like mm. it's this is Obi-Wan right now. And it's just like, oh my God. How it, did you keep doing this? It's that and the the um oh my god, how do I forget his name? It's it's that, and it also felt to me like the Smithers meme of the. It's, am I out of touch with the youth of today? No, it's the children. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the principal Skinner. Uh, yeah, not Smithers. Yeah, principal Skinner. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. No, no, it's it's them that don't that don't yeah. understand the, the outside thinking. <laughs> I am doing that. No, yeah. like, I know exactly what I'm about. Hmm. And overall, great book. You were telling us Ooh. about the Square Enix kind of thing. Yeah, there was one part of it where I was just like. Um, <laughs> also, I am also an avid fan of Final Fantasy X, and I almost forgot there was the rest of the game once Blitzball was introduced. Yo, I, I um, was a fan of Final Fantasy X until I platinumed the game. Don't do that. But, like... So much Blitzball. Blitzball. Too much Blitzball. <laughs> there is never such thing as too much Blitzball, I'll have you know. First <laughs> oh off, my god. What You can't just make up an, in, an in-universe sport. Well, I guess you can. But don't take the name of something else, man. A, Square Enix finds out about this. You might not see this book anymore. Yeah. B, out of all the all the names you could have chose for us, you called it Blitzball right away? Like, that brought back so much for me, and I immediately started thinking of Padawans in this weird water Yeah, sphere. yeah, yeah. And it's some kind of training where they have yeah. to hold their breath, but they still have to be active in it and all that, which makes no sense because they give them all rebreathers anyway mm. in their supply kit. So it's just like, I, I need to know why. Like, that needs to be a Twitter explanation or something. It's just like, well, if we ever, why Blitzball, bro? If we have Mike Chen on the podcast, we'll ask him. Like, and Blitzball? if it's just because you're a fan of Final Fantasy X, cool. Like, totally cool. But I need to know. I need that. I need that, need that answer. I need mm-hmm. to know. 
Uh, I love the Ventress stuff in this book too. Like her being an unknown quantity, her dropping the word master in front of Obi-Wan. He's like, mm. is that something? I'll put that in the back pocket for later. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, the fourth choking, he's like, he's like, but then was... maybe not. And then yeah. she brings out both lightsabers. He's like, ah, she is. It's it like, was well, really it's a little too late now, everybody. Part to do that. Yeah. Unless she was overconfident and like crazy because she didn't realize who, what Obi-Wan was and what he could do. Mm. And like the banter between them from here is just like, I, I would keep bringing that up if I was him and say, you're so dumb, you called your master in front of me. Like, Are you stupid? Like, I don't, you're not going to do anything. <laughs> I was like, you push her over one at every time. But then at the same time, like, because at the point where they're at the trial, he's, he's like 95% sure he knows yeah. who she is, right? Yeah. And then she starts force choking people and he's like what's going on and yeah. i'm like what do you mean what's going on yeah, it's just like he's like oh he's doing that and it's just like he need, we need a medic over doing? here a medic right now yeah. let me out and i'll help like, yeah like the only thing i could think of in that point was it was was like has anyone seen a force choke at this point but at the same time like it's a known dark side technique right? yeah it's been around for a while, so yeah, that part was very there was strange. The, also, the part where I think it was Ventress was saying, or Dooku was saying, I think it was Dooku. Dooku was talking to mm. uh, like the Prime Minister of Kidanamoidia and mm. with Obi Wan trying to convince him, like, you know, Asan. like they're not trustworthy and all that stuff. How can we trust you, Obi Wan, right? And then he's like, well, mm. you know, Dooku, you know, the Jedi Master, you know, the late Jedi Master oh, yeah. Qui Gon, right? You were his yeah. master, and he was my master. So all of the things, and you know him to be a trustworthy person, and I take all of his teachings on with me every single day of that I'm a Jedi. And then he's like, well-worded. We accept yeah, this explanation. I'm like, yeah, you can't say shit to that now, man. Because if you, then, if you don't yeah. trust your own Padawan and then his Padawan from that, it's just like, well, yeah, yeah. you're not a trustworthy person either. Yeah, but Obi-Wan, after all, I was like, I haven't thought about Qui-Gon in 10 years. Yeah, you're throwing his name around like crazy. <laughs> yeah, Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hypocritical. Yeah. But oh, well. there's some good stuff. And like, honestly, mm. Mike Chen, the way with words he had with every character and the way they spoke and the stuff with Mill and Anakin, all mm. good stuff. Like this book, mm. such a such a well-written book. Mike Chen, I want to see more of you in Star Wars, man. This is oh, some yeah. good, good Star One Wars content. One more shout out. One more shout out. Mm. I actually have to like commend Jonathan Davis for this one. Yeah, Jonathan Davis did a pretty good job of narrating it. Because... I won't lie, like, at the start of it, it's like, uh, I know what the voice is going to be, but he changed them enough where it was just like, damn, like, mm -hmm. okay, I, I, every character has their own thing, everything's going well, like, he always, he always did female characters well, as well, for mm -hmm. some reason. I mean, like, Rook was a pretty generic. No, but Padme's voice was Padme really. is Padme and Obi-Wan, yeah. he did really well. Mm -hmm. Those two, I would say he did the best. Ventress was all right. Dooku was yeah. pretty good, too. Uh, but everybody else I felt was a little generic for like kind of the voices he does is Jonathan Davis. And Ventress other books. is that's not his fault. Ventress's voice actor does so yeah. freaking well. Yeah. She kills you it. You can't you yeah. can't emulate that from anybody else. Like yeah. as long as you just say the name, you put that voice Mark in the head. Thompson can get close, but not not yeah. nearly. It's yeah. it's the fact that she sounds that raspy and hoarse, but yeah. still strong. Like, yeah, that's such a rare combo. It is. Um, the one thing I, I didn't get a clear uh, explanation on in this book, and maybe we didn't, was that when Anakin and uh, Mill left, what happened to the other younglings? Did he just leave them with oh, the clones? No, there was another. There was another night with them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's Mill, right. Yeah, the the one who was in charge who was getting frustrated. I forgot about that I, guy. Yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah. did he just leave them with the clones and just like good luck, guys? <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Nobody did go. Hey, you're the babysitter. Bye bye. Oh, that brings me a, a, a good point. At the beginning of this book, when Anakin's on the ship 
and even before that in the Jedi Temple, and he's like mm. teaching the younglings, and he has like the he has what he's gonna say in his head, kind of, oh, and yeah, then and everything goes to just hell. Evacuates out the window. Legit supply teacher vibes. Like <laughs> holy shit! I cannot tell you how many times we're like a kid's is like, what is adding? And you're like, what's when you put like two numbers together and like you count up from that? And they're like, what? And you're like. How do I make it more simple? Yeah. Like, oh shit! Now I'm trying to describe a color. Like, what colors are? Yeah. Colors? And you're just like, oh my goodness, Without here we go. The colors. Yeah. yeah and they're like, ooh, the lightsaber, turn it on yeah, for us. It's like, oh my it god. It started like that. It's like, do you have a lightsaber? Do you fight? Do you know how it's to? It's literally do kindergarten the as a rapid teacher. fire questions happening. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, uh, d- no, I can tell you, sure. Mike Chen either knows teachers or has somebody in his family who's a teacher or something Found of that nature. Heard, heard stories. Yeah. He could have been in one himself too. Honestly, he knows he knows how to write that part because as soon as that was happening, I'm like, oh boy, too close. Too close <laughs> to the heart. <laughs> that was good. Good job, Mike. That was awesome. Oh, last uh, super deep reference cut, I think, because I I don't know how he found this name, but there there's a point in here because we learn about how Obi-Wan became a master, because he actually does is already a master at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and he inherited the seat from uh, Coleman Trebor. And they mentioned that name a couple times, and I was like, I I, I feel like there's, a, there's a always... I always have this feeling when I remember something from the Star Wars Visual Dictionary, because I had mm-hmm. the Star Wars Episode two and yeah. three dictionaries growing up. And it was always like, I memorized the stats, but not well enough, right? Like, I can remember certain things that they called parts of the ju- or sorry i can remember what the juggernaut's internal parts look like i just can't remember any of the names that yeah. they gave them and i was like coleman trevor like he must be from one of the visual dictionaries because i'm getting that same like hazy i remember this this name from somewhere before so i looked it up coleman trevor is the jedi knight at geonosis who looks like a dinosaur because the top half his oh, head is just a par- yeah. it's like a shark fin thing yeah well his head is just a parallel par- uh oh god what's it called parallelophosaurus yeah parallelophosaurus it's like the dinosaur that that um that uh sorry parasaurolophus there it is uh the dinosaur that his head designs based off of but he is yeah uh, like like I said, he's the Jedi who, if you remember, he he literally fucking appears, tries to assassinate yep. Dooku, and Jango's like, no. Yeah, yeah and Jango yeah. fucking shoots hell. him off. Yeah, yeah. He lands, does a little flourish, and then Jango shoots him off the podium. <laughs> yeah, like four times. Yeah. The one so thing I was going to say... There's another incompetent master that was on the council. Yeah, and that's how Obi-Wan got a seat. But he, yeah, didn't, exactly, right? he didn't get the permanent seat yet. In this book, it was yeah. cool, because they were doing this cycling through the, the Jedi masters. Made him the, the yeah, Jedi Knights. And so, like, he was the last one on there, and then I guess he stayed permanent after that is really cool to find out like he, they were cycling through other jedi right and he was the most recent one <laughs> you think if you were a master you wouldn't just jump into the middle of a dangerous zone like yeah. i can do something <laughs> here or if you would you just jump down while slicing him like oh, i'm gonna jump down here pose and then hope for the yeah. best it's like there's this the flourish will make dooku surrender yeah sorry <laughs> most dangerous fucking bounty hunter in the galaxy standing next to him and you're fine yeah. oh hi windu's up here i'll be okay no you're not <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you know, it just goes to show, like I said, or I think like we've all said, basically, the amount of references in this are crazy. Yeah, the attention to detail is nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's that, as far as I can remember right now, that those, that, those are the last references I can think of. Uh, but yeah, any other points? I'm good. No, that's, that's about it. It's a great book. You got to read it. Yeah, like, definitely. Oh, we, we definitely must it. read it. We did a good service to be really, really need to experience this book for yourself. If you love Obi-Wan and Anakin, highly recommend. It's your duty yeah. if you love them. <laughs> it's true. 
Uh, well, from here, let's go into our canon rankings. Welcome to the ranking section of the podcast. As always, we rate these books on a scale of 1 to 10, based off of what we think about them and how they fit in compared to all the other scores that we've given everything else that we have read so far. Uh, so, who should we start with today? Anyone want to volunteer or go first? You go first. Oh, I'm excited oh, to see what you Yeah, you go yeah. first. Man, oh man. Uh, so as much as I clowned on a couple of things in this book, this book is so Star Wars to me. This oh, yeah. book lives, breathes for all of its, and kind of like Ed has mentioned a couple of times this podcast, this book lives and breathes Star Wars so much that when you see even some of the bad parts coming up, you're like, I can tell what beats you're taking this from. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, yeah, some of these parts, they're, these characters are acting dumb or stupid, but it's in character compared to what, you know, some of the other times people get hit with a stupid stick and just act like completely different characters. Yeah, I love all this stuff. I love all the references. I love how much this builds up so many things we didn't know about, uh, especially considering, like I said, you know, if Clone Wars had been a failure and this book had come out like a year after the Clone Wars and have been trying to push all this stuff, I probably would be as unimpressed as I am with High Republic bringing in sequel trilogy stuff. But because, like I said, nobody really cares about Clone Wars anymore, or sorry, Attack of the Clones anymore. Nobody cares. I don't care about uh, Attack of the Clones so much that I keep mispronouncing what movie it actually is. Let's just put it (laughs) that way, right? But the fact that it's going back and fixing this much stuff in it is just... It's it's good that... I can now go back and watch Attack of the Clones and understand why the characters are acting like, or why Anakin's acting like a maniac. Let's yeah. be blunt. Because we even got a part where he cringes when he remembers how he used to talk to Padme. And it's like, wow, we're even doing that part, I guess. Self-collecting, <laughs> my friend. Yeah. So so all that stuff together, honestly, I'm giving this one a nine. Damn. Yeah. I Because I'm thinking about it and I'm like... Yeah, I, I'm just as happy reading this book as I am with Thrawn Ascendancy. That's the only other book I've given a nine so far. Mm. Because, yeah, I mean, Thrawn Ascendancy, you're seeing all this, you know, as, as much as we talked about some of the lower parts of that book, too. It's just so good at, or sorry, did I say Thrawn Ascendancy? I meant Thrawn, uh, no, Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising. Yes, yeah, yeah, it is. The it's just a one, long title. Yeah. Our first one, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just bringing so much together and expanding so much and just giving everything I never knew I needed about this these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, because I'm so impressed with all that, nine is my score. Nice. Uh, Dan, how about you? I give me an 8.5. I agree. This book has done a lot for these two characters and it has brought a lot more light into like the Nemoidian culture as well in terms of like how they think and the structure between like uh, new gunray and like the actual government and the trade federation as well as kato mm. uh brings adventures for the first time which i thought was really cool and shows anakin in a different light in a more like not tolerable but in a better light in the way yeah. that he is at that age he is but yeah honestly 8.5 i would highly highly recommend this book mm. i will also add i think because i was gonna be like how dare you not give it a nine but I think also part of the reason that I'm rating this so highly is because this gives me huge, and this is nostalgia glasses, I guess, right? But it's giving me huge nostalgia for the old Jedi adventure books that I used to read, which makes sense. He mentioned Siri in this one. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, it's just so it's it's just so nice to see more of that and that dynamic, and and just seeing the people who were, you know, following the footsteps of the people who, ironically, as I was just kind of bashing on, who were trying to fix the Obi Wan Anakin relationship. Uh, at the times when Clone Wars or, oh my God, Attack of the Clones was relevant. 
it's kind of seeing it in a new life here. Cause obviously as a kid, I love those books cause they did exactly the job they were intended to do. Right. Exactly. So now seeing it again at a point where most people don't care, yeah, it's just nice. It's, it's really, really fun getting to visit those stories again. Uh, but yeah, Ed, what did you rate brotherhood? This is funny because we've gone up in 0.5s. Damn. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is near perfect there. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm giving it a 9.5 because I think with age, both of your store, both of your scores, and I mean age of the book as it mm. goes along the years, your mm. scores will increase. Nostalgia factor for sure. But when I think of Brotherhood and everything that went down with it and how much I was smiling, how much I was laughing, mm-hmm. it made me think, because I've given other books like Tarkin and a few other ones nice. Like the, these are books that if I had to put a collection together for somebody who didn't know Star Wars and I was like, this will make you love it. Yeah, true. It cool, would yeah. be at a part, it would be this and a few games. So like Knights of the Old Republic, things mm-hmm. like that. These are all the things I'm thinking of now that gave me this same feeling as I read this because I enjoyed it that much. And all the exasperation, I was just like, because like, like I said before, it's in character. Everything stays in character. Like I could see this play out like a stage drama. Hell, this should be an addition to Attack of the Clones. Like this should, Attack of the Clones mm-hmm. should be part one and Brotherhood should be part two. <laughs> and then oh, you yeah. get Clone Wars Definitely. and then you get episode three. Like that's the way I see this now. It yeah. is it is cemented itself as a, as soon as you watch Attack of the Clones and finish it, no, no, go out for lunch and then start this right away. Yeah, yeah, yep. Because this salvages so much of Anakin's character. Exactly. It Because it makes this character leading into... Uh, Clone Wars makes so much more sense than the drastic change between the two. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, and also because through Clone Wars, you see the change into episode three. And even with like, this is like the same thing as looking at uh, row one going right into episode four. You can understand why Vader's so angry at what all they're saying is lies. Yeah. Because yeah. you were, I, I saw, saw you. you <laughs> right? Like I was 10 feet away from stopping you. Exactly. So oh, like man. it's, it's in that vein and you think about it and how everything connects together. Like I can't give this any less. And I know as time goes on and people mention the prequel trilogy, addendum brotherhood like it will be mm. part of it like you will not be able to separate how can you oh yeah right and this i mean oh, like it, it will salvage episode two in the long run i think the more that this book gets out the more it comes to, like clone mm. wars has already done that to a certain degree like everybody's like as soon as you watch episode two you go and you watch clone wars yeah now it'll be like you go watch episode two mm. you read brotherhood then you go watch clone wars like it'll be part of that system yeah and man i I would be so oh, sorry. I keep cutting you no, off. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I would be so happy if this book became like this generation's uh, splinter of the mind's eye. Oh yeah, for sure. Where it's like, you need to read this book yep. to understand so much more about the characters before this. And mm. I think that does, it does add a lot to it. And like mm-hmm. the fact that we ha- who have seen attack of the clones many, many, many times, you know, and have experienced the story with Anakin Padme and Obi-Wan, for like over a decade right mm. it to be able to take what we already know and enhance it is a feat in itself oh, the awesome. fact that is the, the yeah and the fact that it was done in such a very well thought out way and well worded even just the way it was written i give kudos like see the stuff. word I want to use here, and I hate the fact that I'm using this word, but it, in its purest form is mm. this. Like, 
this book is organic mm. in the sense that the way everything was written out from start to finish, the feel of it, that nothing was forced, no name drops felt forced because it's in setting, it's perfect mm -hmm. for it. Like this is all this is all things that could viably be here. It's nobody was like, oh, we have to punch this person in for it. Like the whole Jarl to Paul stuff and Cal did not feel forced. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying, Noma, like just the interactions between Padme and Anakin having their special time, like everything like that. No, everything felt like this is the things that they would be doing anyway. This is just lost stories. This is the Silmarillion right now. <laughs> yeah. Of course not. Like I won't give it that. Bit, but it's it's a story from the Silmarillion that you need mm. to understand some references in 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 future content and all that. Like this it, this book was damn near perfect. I don't know yeah. what could make it perfect at this point because I really should be giving it a this ten. Is, this is the highest ranking book that we've ever had on this podcast. Oh yeah, nine point five is is breaking new. Honestly, the only way it could be better is if it was like a motion comic. Like that's, yeah. that's really about it. Yeah. Like if um, if this becomes, I will give this a ten if it somehow becomes part of like the Clone Wars. If like they do like a movie of it almost. Yeah. And then you go and you watch the, the funny, ha 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 ha, Dooku laughing in the desert <laughs> when everybody's leaving him there. Why are you laughing? You're stranded here with no transport, dumbass. Movie that was somehow turned into the rest of Clone Wars. Oh my god, I forgot that's how that movie ended. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know what you were talking about. I was like, what do you mean? Where is he on a desert? Oh, no. Right? But like, Stay things on. like that. Like, that just, that's just hilarious. Now, nah, I remember yeah. watching. I was like, you're an idiot. You're not winning in any situation. <laughs> but, like, if they were to make this one, I'd be like, to see all those moments where Obi-Wan summons the lightsaber and then Anakin out of nowhere, it's like, oh, no. Just things like that. And to mm. see them that way, it would be great. It'd be hilarious. It'd be so much fun. I'd sit down for an evening and just watch this and just have fun and smile the entire time because it would feel like an episode out of clone wars but like almost like a, a clone wars five episode series mm. kind of clone thing. wars ova exactly <laughs> it'd be amazing if they did mm -hmm. that but that's the, that's what would make it a 10 for me like yeah. I, I i i should give it a 10 i feel like 9.5 is tame <laughs> but hey like you said though our scores are going to go up as time goes by maybe yeah. that'll be it as a final slight dig, just because I am the pessimist of this group, I'm, I was looking through the rankings again, and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I gave Rising Storm an 8.5, because it was going to be based off of whether or not the rest of the High Republic is good. So Rising Storm is going to stay at an 8.5. Okay. Let's head into the outro. No. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the end of this week's episode. This was a bit of a longer one. So as always, if you've stuck around this long, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And yeah, next week's episode, once again, taking a little bit of a break from the High Republic. Uh, we're going to be going into another book, and it's going to be Shadows of the Sith. Now you might be wondering, if you're paying attention to release schedule, Noma, Shadows of the Sith doesn't come out for another month or two. Are you psychic? Did you get an early release? No, we're not doing that well, and I wish I was that smart. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be swapping into a little bit of something different. We're going to be, we've been doing Temple Archives for quite a while now with all this High Republic stuff, so we're going to swap into 
a little bit more of some of our older material. We're going to be not older books, but we're going to be going back to a, a little bit of a more casual talk next episode. And then I believe from there, we're going to swing straight into the Obi-Wan series. So the book will be coming after that Obi-Wan series. So look forward to that. Uh, but yeah, like I said, this was a little bit of a longer episode. There was a lot to talk about. And honestly, with this new book, if we'd love to hear any of your thoughts, ideas, theories, anything that you loved. I mean, Easter eggs we might have missed. Anything like that. And if you'd like to get in contact with us to let us know any of those things, Dan is going to let you know how you can contact us. I believe, honestly, hashtag brotherhood if you want us to know it's specifically about the book. It's a nice, short, and easy one. Yeah. Thank you, Noma. Uh, you can find us over at voiceforce.com. You can also email us at voiceforce at gmail.com. You can find us on social media on Twitter or Instagram at voiceforcepod, where you can retweet, repost, and share in your stories our new episode posts. This does help with growing our listener base and is very much appreciated. Listen, rate, review, subscribe, or follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, and all major podcast platforms. Reviewing us with five stars and a comment helps with visibility, and if you follow or subscribe for free, you'll get the latest episode as soon as it releases. Thank you, Dan. And remember, Just read this book. <laughs> no, not again. <laughs> not again? Read this book. Yes. Even if you listen to this entire episode, read this book. Brotherhood's so good. Do it. Read this book! Bro-